Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, welcome to Sensual Self. I'm Evian Whitney, and this is a space for you to slow down, tune in, heal, and feel the sensations and pleasures of your sensual body. Thank you for being here. Hello, Sensual One, and welcome to another episode of Sensual Self. I'm really jazzed about this episode I'm sharing with you today, because even though it's been a few months since this conversation was first recorded, I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. And not just the conversation, I haven't been able to stop thinking about this concept of intergenerational pleasure and how important it is to make space for that in our lives, particularly as marginalized folks. So many of us are familiar with intergenerational trauma. We're familiar with the toil and struggle of our ancestors. And I know for me, I've been guilty of focusing only on that, on focusing on the ways that I need to heal myself and break these intergenerational curses so that I can be a freer person than the people who came before me. And sometimes that focus can lead to me being closed off to other things I can also feel into instead, like joy and satisfaction and pleasure. Intergenerational pleasure, for me, means thinking about the ways that my ancestors, the ones I know and do not know, from way, way back in the day, and also from the recent past, how they were able to access feelings of pleasure in their bodies, what rituals and traditions they had to connect themselves to joy, and what communities they created to nurture that pleasure and that joy. It also makes me think about, in a real way, how there were a lot of my ancestors that did not have time for pleasure, who did not have access to feeling free and joyful in their bodies because their humanity was stripped from them. And when I think about that, I get really sad. And I also feel a sense of responsibility 
that I must, with every intention that I can muster, live my life to the fullest expression of pleasure and joy and freedom in my body. To not just do it for myself, but to do it for them. To do it for my ancestors who weren't able to do that in their lifetime. In this way, I see my sensual self as a walking altar in honor of my ancestors, a kind of prayer that I speak with my body that shows them that I can be the actualization of pleasure that for them was never fully realized. And yeah, I realize that this is, this is deep. It's really deep. So in thinking about all of this, I wanted to flesh it out with someone whose work I admire, whose work I respect, and who I feel can help guide us into this territory of intergenerational pleasure to weave with our bodies new stories and memories for those who came before us and for those who will come after us. And immediately, my friend Juju came into my mind. Juju Bay is a medium, a Reiki practitioner, and an enthusiast of African and diasporic religious and spiritual practices. I actually had the pleasure and honor of getting a reading from Juju when I was in the very, very early stages of forming my own ancestral veneration practices. And it was through her wisdom and also her podcast, A Little Juju, please check that out, that I was able to confidently connect to my ancestors in a way that I hadn't had access to before. And I was really curious about what she might add to this conversation, what messages might come through her as we discuss something that feels so rich and alive to me. And what's interesting is that when we were having this conversation, I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, I had lots of questions that I wanted to ask her, but I wasn't quite sure how the dialogue was going to go or flow. And as you'll see, once we get into the episode, our ancestors were really chatty. <laughs> I mean, I felt them in the room. I felt them speaking through me as we discussed ritual and magic and indigenous wisdom. It was really special and probably one of the reasons why I, three months later, can't get this conversation out of my head. Juju and I talked about sex magic. We talked about the audacity of Black joy, what it looks like to honor and acknowledge our ancestors' sexuality. We talked about some practices from a spiritual space on how you can connect to your body. And this one thing that I'm really excited to keep exploring, we talked about what it looks like to cultivate your sixth sense, aka your intuition, as a part of your sensuality. So yeah, this is one of those conversations that I recommend you give your full attention to, or at the very least, bookmark this and listen to it a couple of times because it's so good, it's so beautiful, and it's really, really rich. It's really rich. Actually, you know, what's coming up for me right now is wanting to give you an invitation for you to 
maybe play this episode aloud near your ancestral altar and invite your honorable dead to tune in with you. Anyway, (laughs) whatever you do, there are lots of gems in here that I can't wait for you to explore on your own, one of which I share at the end of this episode, so stay till the end. And um, shout out to my ancestors for showing up and showing out in this episode. I do this in honor of y'all. Hi, Juju. Hey, everyone. I'm really excited to chat with you today. Uh, We were talking about this before we hit record, but I will say it here for the record that I have wanted you to be on my podcast for a long time. So I'm pretty jazzed to to chat with you about sensuality, spirituality, sexuality. Um, But before we get into that, I want to just like have you introduce yourself to everyone. I could try and I thought about trying, but I'm like how I just don't know if I would be able to use the right words to encompass all of your magic. So please, please introduce yourself to everyone. Okay, thank you. Um, well, I'm Juju or Juju Bay is what I go by. I'm a spiritual advisor, a diviner, and ancestral fan. I love my ancestors. I encourage people to connect with their ancestors. I'm a podcaster as well. I have my own podcast, a little Juju podcast, where I talk about Black spirituality and everything that that means. Um, I'm a Reiki practitioner, so I do energy healing. Um, And I'm a bad bitch witch is really what I call myself. I'm just, you know, a Black girl out here trying to figure it out, but also, you know, dabbles and learns and studies, you know, spiritual shit. So that's that's me. (laughs) Yes, I'm so glad you introed yourself because you are, you do so many things and you're really like connected I feel to spirit because it's part of the work that you do, but also I feel like your connection with spirit, with the dead, with the, uh, I was about to say the underworld. Yes, underworld. (laughs) I'm not sure if that's giving what I want it to give, but, (laughs) but I feel like you, you have this connection because of just like who you are. I was actually listening to a couple podcasts with you just, you know, to research and stuff like that. And um, you're Scorpio moon. And uh, yeah, it feels very much like this is who you are because how could you not be anything else? Mm -hmm. Like it just runs through you. So I'm just so glad that you do all the things and and you do them so well. Thank you. I appreciate that. And my love language is words of affirmation. So I need to hear things like that so that I know that I am. So thank you for saying that. Receive it all. You you deserve it and more. Um, so I, I really wanted to have this conversation with you about spirituality, sensuality, sexuality. And it's something that I've kind of gotten away from. I think in the beginning of my work, I was really interested in like Tantra and um, this sort of like sacred sexuality that I think a lot of people were talking about. Uh, but I got a little like, not, you can't see, like, they can't see my face, but I'm just like, I don't know, like I'm, I'm eating something really sour. (laughs) Like I just like, I just got a little wary of it. Um, and now because of the beautiful work that you do regarding African traditional religions, hoodoo and things like that, like I'm starting to find more of a pull 
and a curiosity about how to blend spirituality with uh, sexuality, sensuality coming into the body. Um, And one of the things that came up for me as I was thinking about this conversation with you is like, we all know what sensuality is. Sensuality is, you know, the expression of sensation, feeling, and experiencing through all five senses. Mm-hmm. But I believe that there we actually have six senses uh, because our intuition is a sense. And so I wondered if you could speak a little bit about the importance of cultivating your intuition as a sixth sense when we're talking about uh, spirituality, when we're talking about sexuality. Because I think sometimes people would think that intuition may not be that important or they might like disembody it. But yeah, I wondered what you thought about that. Oh, that's just a good, juicy question. Um, well, I think like intuition as a sixth sense is like really powerful as an idea. Um, so I appreciate you sharing that with me. Um, and I also think about just living in the West, you know, being from the United States. You know, intuition is not a sense that was one that we've been trained in. It's not one that we get, it's taught in school. It's not one that you know, people regard as being legitimate because we live in a society where, you know, facts, numbers, data, research, what I can see is what is real. Right. And everything else is false. Um, And when we think about it from an ATR, African traditional religion, or even just a black standpoint or indigenous standpoint, we know that that's not true. Like we know that our ancestors prioritized the quote unquote unseen, you know, as a way to live their lives. Um, through readings, through divination, through connection with spirit, connection with the body. So I love the idea as intuition as a sixth sense because it brings in all the other stuff that the West has told us is unimportant um, or is unregarded or unacknowledged, a.k.a. our ancestors, our spirits, ourselves, our knowing, the things that we may not have research or facts on, but we know that's not what we should do at the time, or we know that's what we should do. We know this is the move we should make, or we know that's not. You know, there's no science, there's no Western science that can prove that or not or disprove it. But um, but we know. And so I love that you asked that question. I'm gonna include that in my own senses when I think about all of our senses. But yeah, I think it's really like a a, a disruption of what we've been taught, particularly if you live in the West. Um, so yeah, that that's how I see intuition. That's how I embody it. I try to embody it. Um, as the truth, as a piece of the truth. Yeah. I'm trying to think right now, like where I heard or like came, not because I didn't come up with it, but I know that I've, I know that people have said that your intuition is a sixth sense. I don't see a lot of people talking about that these right. days. Right. And so that was one of the reasons why I wanted to ask that question. Cause I feel like it's, my intuition is a really big part of how I am in my body and how I'm able to um, receive messages yeah. or um, create more intimacy. Like there, there is for me a connection with intuition to the rest of my senses and my sensuality. And I'm like, why? I, I, I don't know. It's just interesting that I don't see people talking about that aspect right. of it. It is interesting. And like, it's not, you know, it's not surprising, you know, like, cause I was saying before, Who's who is, you know, we're not studying that. No one's telling us, okay, and then your intuition on top of the facts and the numbers that we've told you about your intuition, you know, it's a part that's been pushed aside and disregarded, but that's where the most power is, I always think. So 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so you mentioned a little bit about ancestors mm-hmm. and I think that I'm in a place with my own spiritual work and my own um, ancestral reverence that I'm starting to c- sort of connect the dots when it comes to the ways that my ancestors were sexual and mm. sensual and and even even from a place of like non-sexual pleasure, like how how much of a privilege it was for some of my ancestors to experience pleasure. Um, and so as I'm thinking about this work that I'm doing to liberate my own sexuality, my sensuality, the agency on autonomy that I have with my own body so that I can receive pleasure, I'm also thinking about the work that I'm doing uh, on behalf of my honorable ancestors who did not have that opportunity to do that. Um, and so from that place, I think that, I don't know, this is how I see it. And I wonder if this is true for you, but I feel like when we think about our ancestors, it's like they're almost regarded as saints, you know, like they're very stoic and they're up in, up in the heavens and they're looking down upon us, but they're like real beings with real, soul and opinions and experiences. So I guess my question for you is like, like how I have, I have so many questions to be honest, but I wonder if you could speak to like this connection of ancestry within sexuality Mm -hmm. and like the importance of honoring the sexual autonomy and the sexual beingness and and the pleasure potential that our ancestors had or just didn't have the opportunity to experience. Oh, Evian, it's deep. Okay. <laughs> because when you were talking, my eyes were welling up with tears. Mm. Because every time I personally think about my ancestors and the pleasure that they had or didn't have, um, it makes me very emotional. Yeah. Um, because I can't imagine, like, I don't know what it meant to experience pleasure during a time of that much trauma. You know, when we think about enslavement, being in the midst of colonialism, um, having to reject your native ideas and beliefs. Like, I don't, it's hard for me to even comprehend what it felt and looked like. And it makes me just very emotional. Yeah. Um, I'm getting emotional too, just thinking about so you're not because it's one. like yeah. I don't know. It's big, yeah. It's huge, and you know when I think about sensuality, like you said, it's it's bigger than it's sex. It's bigger than it's bigger than that. It's it's just the embodiment of whatever you're doing. Yeah, so it's song. You know, it's when they sang when they weren't supposed to. It's when they were drumming when drums became illegal. You know, in South Carolina. Yes. It's when they decided to jump the broom when they weren't allowed to, quote unquote, be married. But we're going to show you that we're married because we're going to put a broom down and jump over. It. I'm going to jump over this with my beloved. Yes. You know, it's it's those choices that they made in the face of fuckery, if I can say it. I don't know what yeah. else to say. Um, it, it just it honestly like I wish I can answer the question in a succinct way, but it just leaves me speechless because I think about it a lot. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I don't know what to say. And as someone who is a medium and, you know, has deep connection to my ancestors, who hears my ancestors, I know that a lot of ancestors that are with me and walk with me are still very much traumatized by relationships, by sex, by what it means to be 
it's a lot of my women and it's a woman, you know, how they're supposed to show up as women. And I'm the one that's holding a lot of that work to even teach them that things that they experienced weren't right or even violated their consent. Right. So it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's, I don't know. I don't even know if I answered the question, but. No, no, no. It's it's fine. Like, I love that we're kind of riffing off this because I, again, like, I feel like this is another thing that isn't talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't see a lot of conversations about this aspect of, of, um, I guess, sexual healing work within our ancestry. And like, I think about this a lot sometimes when I sit at my altar and, you know, so much of my own practice within my own self is about pleasure and making sure that I, every single day, am committed to this practice of of centering the things that make me feel good, of making sure that my body is not calloused or hardened. And like, like I, I had a moment actually today that I, that's coming up for me as I'm thinking about this of like, bringing a a little plate of mangoes to my to my ancestors and like something so simple like that 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 seems like a simple act to me but like i don't know if my ancestors were able to really be in a state of taking a bite of the mango and having the juice run down their their mm-hmm. chin and like savoring the sweetness and the stickiness of that fruit because they were in fight or flight. They were in survival mode all the time. Right. And also they were sort of indoctrinated into believing that they didn't, that wasn't available to them. Mm-hmm. So I think about the own manifestation and actualization of my own pleasure and like how that can be, that can be an intention and a freedom that I offer to my ancestors. Mm-hmm. But there's also that other piece of like, I almost feel like some of my ancestors don't really know what to do with me because <laughs> they're like, yeah, they probably this, don't. <laughs> yeah. This is like taking time to eat a mango, like sitting outside and like feeling the breeze on your skin. Like we ain't got time for that. Like we've got shit to do. Yep. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't even know if I have a question there, but those are some things that I've been thinking about with that. Listen, that, that is the, that is ancestral work. That is the work. When you realize that your ancestors are not the saints in the sky, like, oh, yes, we love. No, but they're actually, <laughs> a lot of them been through some shit and still hold on to the shit and then project yeah. the shit onto you. Right. Why are you eating mangoes? Why are you talking <laughs> about you're sexually liberated? What are you talking about? We don't know about none of that. You need to go work. Get yeah. some money. Why are you yeah. resting? Why are you, why do you feel like you need that? Because they've never seen it. Right. So it's like. They teach us, but we teach them. Yeah. We teach them. I had ancestors who, I was in a relationship with this guy some years ago, and it was violent. And I would, at the time, I was still divining, so I would reach out to my ancestors. I would throw my shells and pull my cards, and they were always like, stick with them, stick with them, stick with them. And so I stayed with them, even though it was violent and it was toxic. And eventually, once I got out of that relationship and I did my own healing, I went to my ancestors and said, why did so many of you tell me to stay in that? And they're like, well, that's what we did. Mm. He provided, didn't he? He, you know, took you out to eat. He made sure that the things were okay, quote unquote, in the home. But your pleasure, the sex, I mean, that's just part of what it means. 
to be with someone. You just have to sometimes do whatever they say if they're providing, you know, monetarily. And so that was the moment that I realized, oh, yeah, <laughs> this is deep. Because y'all, I was in some shit because y'all said I could be in the shit. Mm. So sometimes the sensuality and sexuality, they don't know. So when we embody that, when we decide to choose ourselves, when we decide to choose pleasure, it literally it doesn't just shift us. It shifts like generations behind us and yes. forward. It's deep, deep healing work. So I appreciate that you brought that up. And I love to tell that story because I'm like, yeah, they're not perfect. They, they're like, the stuff we're doing, they're like, wait a minute. What? We can do, we could have done that? Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I always, and I don't believe this now, but I always had this suspicion or this thought that once my ancestors died, they're sort of like absolved of all of their like sin and, you know, they're, they're, they're tethers to the world and they're able to ascend to be like these angelic creatures who, and I mean, maybe that's true, but I don't know, like in my experience, like I'm, I'm learning to hold the complexity mm-hmm. and the messiness of my ancestors and also like not have it be this automatic thing that like, oh yeah, I'm sexually liberated. So y'all can be too, or that that's something that you are familiar with because I know so many of my ancestors, particularly those um, who identified as women, they have no concept of what this is. How would they? So it gives us a level of patience, grace, compassion, understanding that I wouldn't have got if I didn't try to establish a relationship with them because then I get to project that to people, real people in the real world. And I'm like, yeah, my ancestors ain't got it. Mm. <laughs> so I understand why you are where you are and, and how we feel what we feel and just the compassion that it's hard to be sexually liberated. It's work. It's not just like, it's work. Yeah. It's work. Yeah, something that's coming up for me as we're we're talking about this is thinking about body. Like I've been really, really interested in embodiment, somatics, the way that trauma is stored in our body, and how how those um, how those traumatic experiences. Uh, I think it's called epigenetics, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like uh, trauma is passed down through DNA. I've been yep. thinking a lot about that, and I think. This is total stream of consciousness for me. Like I'm realizing that I'm not even answering any of or asking any of the questions that I had. But okay, and that's fine. And that's fine. Apparently, the spirits want us to talk about this, right? Um, but yeah, I've been thinking about how one thing that happens for me in my own work, and I and I wonder if it happens for other Black folks too, is that there's a real focus on the harm, the trauma slavery, all of these things that have happened to us. Mm -hmm. And it almost feels as though like that's all there ever was. Right. Like that's all we've ever been is enslaved people. That's all we've ever been is traumatized. That's all we've ever been is like disenfranchised. Um, Right. And I've been trying and I don't, I don't even really have a touchstone for this. And I wonder if you do, but I've been trying to like go back a little bit further and like find those ancestors that I know maybe it wasn't perfect, you know, because I don't think, I mean, all human beings are flawed in some capacity, but maybe where there was more choice and there was more bodily autonomy and there was more ability to eat a mango and have the mango 
be the sensual experience. Sure. Um, so yeah, I wonder, I wonder if like that's come up for you at all as you know, we're having this discussion about sensuality and, and embodiment. Yeah. Um, I love that you said that because I think sometimes we get so understandably, you know, wrapped in our trauma stories, which are stories that should be told. And I think there's so many other stories. There's there's so many other stories of our ancestors having good sex, mm-hmm. having multiple partners, having, you know, I learned that I have ancestors who they had a house in Baltimore, in West Baltimore. Um, and they used to play cards every weekend and everyone from the city used to come, they used to drink, they used to smoke, they used to gamble. People would have sex who they wanted to have sex with upstairs. Yes. Like they just was turned up. <laughs> it just was turned <laughs> up. And I'm like the audacity of them to have this space in West Baltimore city where they really couldn't do, they quote unquote, couldn't do. Any of these things, but they decided, no, we're going to have liquor. We're going to sell it. You know, my ancestors was selling <laughs> selling liquor out of the house, and <laughs> yes. playing cards and gambling and running numbers on the horses, you know, like they were doing and having sex. You know, my grandmother, who's a very like, you know, Southern Belle Christian woman, never let some of my other family members and my father and her children, you know, go there because like, oh, they're doing those things. But I'm like, those are my aunties <laughs> like running it. My aunties were running that. Mm. Um and just even thinking about that was just a few generations back and even pre-colonialism, et cetera. There's so many examples of just how we did what we wanted to do because we were embodied people. Yeah. And we still are embodied people. Um, and we listen to our bodies and we pay attention to what it's saying to us. Um, even though so many people tell us not to. So I love the idea of uplifting stories of, yes, there was a lot of trauma. Yes, there was a lot of pain. That cannot be denied. And people still enjoyed themselves. We have always, Black people particularly, have always enjoyed themselves amidst pain and trauma. We can see that today. Yes. We still laugh. <laughs> we still joke. We still shake our ass. You know, we right. still dance. We still fuck. We still do all of these things. That's right. When when we think about it, quote unquote, we shouldn't be doing any of those things because of what we've experienced and what we do experience. And yet we still do. So that talks about just the innate sensuality, the innate embodiment that we already carry. Mm. And I try to live in that all the time because we're so much more than that pain and trauma. I appreciate that question. Yeah. The word resilient is coming up for me. And I've been thinking about resiliency, not as like, oh, you're so strong, but like, the fortitude and the foundation that we have in our own beings yep. and that is also, yes. And, and th- that's fortified yep. by our ancestors and right. the spiritual beings that are protecting us. Like, I, I think that there's something, there's something to, to be, I don't know, honored or thought about when it comes to, to that resiliency and like, how, how do we, how do we honor our innate resiliency you know like what is that what does that look like um mm. yeah that's uh, sure that's a question that I can ask you like it just came up but like that is a question it's a good you. question <laughs> and I don't I don't have an answer but it, it's making me think when I go to my altar to talk to my ancestors maybe I should like 
reach out specifically to those ancestors who had the audacity mm. to be embodied. Yeah. You know, amidst their pain and trauma, the audacity of the ancestors who were fucking, you know, in West Baltimore who wanted to after they, you know, <laughs> gambled and did whatever they wanted to do. Like what creating a more um intentional relationship with those spirits is not something that I have done. But your questions are making me want to go to my altar after this and be like, I want to talk to y'all. Ooh. I want to talk to y'all. Show yeah. me. Teach me. Yeah, I I love this. I actually so I know that because you're a bad bitch witch. Uh, I would love, since we're talking, I mean, we're getting really deep into, you know, intergenerational trauma, but also intergenerational joy that like, I feel that, you know, isn't talked about a lot or celebrated. And so I have like a two part question. Mm -hmm. One, I would love to know, like, what are some ways that we can sort of, or some practices, rituals, whatever, to like shake loose any gunk that is attached to our bodies, our sexuality, our sensuality, so that we can get to that space of resiliency or that we can get to a place of accessing joy and pleasure and sexual autonomy. And then I have another question, but I'll ask that later. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So part one, I feel like, of course, I always talk about ancestors and building your altar or just finding ways to connect with the people that you come from, the people before you, connecting with the honorable people before you, the people who did embody their sexuality, the people who have things to tell you and teach you and show you that will be beneficial to your life. And that can be through building an altar, but that also can be through just creating a quiet space and being like, hi, I would like to reach out to my ancestors who were loving and sex positive or whatever. And they'll come. They always mm. come. Mm-hmm. Regardless of how you think they'll come, they will always come. Um, so I would say that, number one, as a way to release the gunk, they, they'll show you, they'll teach you, they'll show up in dreams, they'll do it. Second thing I'll say is sex magic, um, which helped me. Now, I don't engage in sex magic as much as I used to. Um, but basically, sex magic is just the process of, like, setting intention and ritualizing sex, whether it's sex with yourself or sex with somebody else. Um, but it's setting an intention behind whatever you're doing, um, whether you orgasm or not. I typically go to orgasm with my sex magic, but... So you will set your intention, do whatever you have to do to feel good. And when you orgasm, you're sort of imagining some type of manifestation or you're imagining things being released from you. So a lot Mm -hmm. of the sex magic that I did, you know, people talk about sex magic. They're like, oh, yeah, you can have sex. And when you orgasm, imagine, you know, having $10,000. Like, yeah, that's cool. You can do that. I like to imagine my sexual shame being from my body. I like to imagine while I'm masturbating as someone who was told masturbating was evil that when I'm masturbating, the next time that I masturbate, I'll feel less shameful about it. That's, mm. what, I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to feel when I'm orgasming. That's the idea that's going to pop in my head when I orgasm. Can I pause you for a second? Yeah. Because yes. like, I'm so glad we got on the sex magic thing because that was like a topic that I wanted to discuss with you. I'm really, really happy to hear you talk about sex magic, not from a place of like manifesting a million dollars or like getting the job that you want or the partner that you want, but like using orgasm, using sexual energy to cleanse, like to cleanse you, to release things 
or to set new intentions, call in new intentions to your sexuality. I love that. And I I like, I, I love that you brought that into this space because I think that that is the work that we need to be doing. I mean, I'm not saying that nobody, like nobody should be having these goals to manifest a million dollars, like have your dreams. But Mm -hmm. I think we tend to bypass the healing work that needs to be done in favor of these glamorous, sparkly Mm -hmm. visions that we have for ourselves. It it should be both. It should be both and. Yeah. (laughs) That's mostly what I use my sex magic for. It's really not a lot of calling in big glamorous things. I do other things for that, but um, sometimes to even believe that I'm worth some of the glamorous things, I have to let go of shame. So I have to have mm. some type of ritual to let go of that, to even make room for all the other glorious things that I think I deserve, um, and do deserve. So sex magic for sure. I had another thing that I slipped my mind. Oh shit. Probably cause I interrupt you. <laughs> it's okay. It'll come back if it was meant for me to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So one thing, this is kind of a silly question. I feel you might've answered this before in another podcast that I was listening to you on. Um, But we're talking about ancestors here and we're talking about sex magic. And, you know, how do you create those boundaries? Or maybe it's okay for the ancestors to be in the room or have their, like sometimes, okay, I'll just speak very personally. Sometimes for me, because I was raised conservative Christian. And so I was told like, when you masturbate, imagine that God is watching you or Jesus is in the corner watching you. (laughs) And not not from like a kinky place, but more so like, he's like waving his finger, like, don't you do that. Um, And so like, when I think about this stuff with with ancestors, like that immediately comes to mind because that's just the politic. And so one thing that I've been trying to do is like, back to talking about what we were talking about earlier, which is like inviting my ancestors into this process of sexual liberation and sensuality and having them get to witness what it looks like to embody that, like to embody that sexual agency. Mm-hmm. And like not from a place of like, don't sex- you don't have to sexualize me, but I do want for you to see and understand like this is a person who is prioritizing themselves. This is a person who is prioritizing their sexuality um, yeah, I wonder how you deal with the ancestors and your sex magic practice. <laughs> <laughs> um, funny enough, I don't be thinking about them. <laughs> what? <laughs> if I'm having sex, I'm thinking, like, I'm not thinking about them. <laughs> like, I just don't. Um, but I totally understand, you know, having been someone raised, you know, Christian and had a strict Christian and I, I was raised thinking masturbation was evil. So I have other things that pop up. Not so much that, but you know, when you think about it, like our ancestors were getting it in. Like, yeah, that's right. That's why we're here because someone got it in and before them, someone got it in before them, someone got it in. <laughs> someone got it in. So I, and I also know that my sexual appetite, let's call it that, is because of someone that I come from. Yes. Like it's from it's because one of my ancestors or a parent of mine who from an ancestor also had a sexual appetite. That's right. Also wanted to be 
beautiful, also loved sex, also wanted to be sensual, also wanted to be in their body. Like I don't have these things just because I have them because I'm so special and unique, which I am, but I'm also made up of a lot of other people and their DNA that has been passed down. So I don't even imagine that my ancestors would see me as like, oh, you know, oh, you're doing too much. It's like, no, that's one of (laughs) y'all. I got it from somewhere. What do y'all make me like this? Yes. I love that. I love kind of being like, okay, if y'all are gonna like, let's, let's be real, you know, I'm you. like y'all did the same thing. So you made joy. <laughs> you made me. <laughs> That's such a good point. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard some other people be like, okay, so you get connected with your ancestors. So does that mean that they watch you when you're fucking? And I'm like, well, I guess maybe they yeah. can, but they could. They may see you. Yeah, for me, I'm just like, y'all are welcome to stay if you want. Like, that's fine. As long as you know what it is. Like, I'm right. not I'm not trying to titillate you. I'm just, I want you to see me and, and to experience what it's like for someone to be sexually free or right. like in the realm of sexual freedom that perhaps they didn't get a chance to experience. Exactly. And it's so interesting that we jump to when you think about ancestors or having your altar in your room, like, oh, they're looking at me. It's just like, where did we get? <laughs> where does that Why come is from? that our first thought? I think that's something that we have to question for ourselves around. Yes. What is that about? Why do we jump to when we think about connection with our ancestors and love that they're watching us have sex? You know, that's that's some other mm. shit that might not be yours, that might not be ours, that may be some things to unlearn or question. Mm. I like that gentle dragging that you just gave me. <laughs> 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 I appreciate that. Okay, so sex magic is some ways to like release and to create a um a space for some of the the good energy and like right the good healing vibes of sexuality and embodiment. I wonder if there's, I guess the second part of my question was like, what are some rituals or practices that we can do that is celebratory of our sexuality? That is very much like, and I I imagine sex magic could be in there as well. You know, having sex magic with the intention of like, you know, having that intention of celebration and joy and pleasure Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But yeah, I wonder what's coming up for you around that. I think I was telling you earlier, I don't know if it was before we were we were recording, but words of affirmation is like my love language. Mm. So I do very well with affirmations. I do very well with writing things down. I do very well with looking myself in the mirror, excuse me, and talking to myself and giving myself, you know, positive affirmations. So I would suggest that too, if that's a good thing for you, just looking at your body, celebrating mm. your body, um, complimenting your own body, like putting, you know, the post-it notes. I know that doesn't work for everybody, but that does work yeah. for me. Um, putting things around your house that you need to see or read about yourself um, or parts of the mirror that you find yourself always critique if you have a full body mirror, if you always are critiquing your stomach. You can put a post-it right where your stomach would lie on your mirror and have Ooh, I love that. positive. Honestly, that just came to mind. I, don't even I love that. that. I love <laughs> that. But that's an idea. Um So I love words, reading words, saying things to myself. Like you said, sex magic could be a part of that. Like I said earlier, asking your ancestors for help in doing it. Like you need help. So we can ask our spirits for help. You can ask people in your everyday life um, for help. But really, like when I think about my ancestors and the embodiment, 
you know, the separation of spirit and body in our mind is really a newer concept. Like, that's not something that's indigenous Mm. at all. You know, it was all connected. You need the body, you need the spirit, you need the mind. It all is one. So I think even just questioning ourselves when we try to break it up as, as, it's hard to explain. But when we try to break it up as being separate, that's yeah, not... Yeah, like compartmentalizing it. Right. That's not it. You know, ancestrally and through our bloodlines, we've been not compartmentalizing it longer than we have been compartmentalizing That's right. Um, so I think there's something in trying to connect with that idea. Um, so everything that we do, we say, we think is part of the body. And, mm. and also is part of the spirit um, and, and and is a spiritual act and is an embodiment because that's that's what we know that's 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 like kind of the core right um so I think it's always kind of being in a state of questioning like why am I trying to separate all of these things as if they're not one because to me they are yeah ancestrally indigenously they are one. that's right That's right. I'm thinking about the word soma and how like soma is, is meant to sort of encompass not just the body, but like the body, the mind, the emotions, the sensations, like seeing yourself as not just like, okay, I have a mind and that, and I have thoughts and I have emotions and there are feelings. And then Mm -hmm. my body is like seeing it all in this very holistic way and also healing from that place too. So like mm. I've been thinking a lot about um, how popular talk therapy is and and how amazing it is to talk about your feelings and to talk about uh, experiences that have happened that have been unsavory. But I've also been thinking about like it's not just our minds or our thinking minds that become traumatized. Like our bodies are also mm. at play. Our sensations are also at play. The way that we experience taking up space in a room, like how we shrink our like energetic aura is also at play. And so I think a lot about, or at least I'm, I've been trying to sort of, I don't want to say retrain because those are the colonizers words. Um, I'll say I've been trying to be more intentional about seeing my own healing process as like full, whole being, not just okay, I've got a therapist to talk about my trauma and that that does enough. It's like, okay, but what what about my body? And what about my emotions? And what about my inner child? Like there's so many pieces that get involved with, with this kind of work. You are making me think about so many things. <laughs> I feel like spirit is talking to you this whole time and I'm just- Oh, well, like, thanks. Wow. That's powerful. I don't have anything to say, but like, yes, yes. Well, another thing that was coming up for me when I was thinking, when I asked you that question about like, what can you do to bring in more celebratory, pleasurable energy into your life is like creating an altar to your sexuality or creating an altar to like, to celebrate your body. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the idea of that. I, I used to, when I was in sessions with people, I would give them an exercise to do that. Like create an altar to your sensuality. And like yeah. put it in a place where like not in a closet, but like front and center in a room where you can see it, put a mirror on there, affirmations, beautiful stones, photographs of yourself, and really just like sit in front of that altar and like, you know, call call that being in, call that energy in, which 
I think I might have to do that because I don't have one of those. <laughs> yes. No, that's so good. And it's funny you say that. I've never done that. But I remember when I was giving readings to people, I've told people in readings to do that. So I've had mm. people, spirits and ancestors say they need to create it, create an altar for themselves, for their sexuality, for their higher self, for whatever it is. So that's, I'm so glad you said that because yes, we don't have to just create altars for things that are outside of us. But we can create them for ourselves and go and sit and pray at yes. us, <laughs> you know, and thank us and give offerings to the energy of you. Like mm-hmm. you, you can do that. So I need to do that, honestly. Yeah. I mean, a lot of ideas are coming to mind for me. Like, you know, what would an altar to sensuality look like? I mean, right. it wouldn't be pictures of a flower. It would be the flowers. Like it would be fragrant, you would hopefully be interactive with this altar, pick up the stones and like put them on your skin and smell flowers, like take out some honey and stick your finger and like really have it be tactile. tactile. And yes, like I think that that that's another thing that I see happen in in my own work around like altars, spirituality is that like I kind of have my altars and like, oh, don't touch it. It's like it's a sacred place. I'm like, no, we should be like picking shit up and mm-hmm. interacting with it and tasting it. I mean, obviously with, you know, with the caveat, if it's if it's for your ancestors, I don't know if they would like for you to be slobbering all over their food. <laughs> but but yeah, I think that I think that an altar to sensuality should be an ex- a sensual experience. I really, really love that. And I just think it will be so helpful to people who have just had so many unsavory experiences around their sexuality um, or sensuality. Well, that just came to me. It just would be. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I think I, I'm going to – I think I need to do this. I haven't done it, but I think I need to create an altar of myself or for myself, which I, I imagine this comes up for you like – being a diviner, you can give people all of these tools and rituals and tricks, but it can be dif- a little bit more difficult to like implement them for yourself. It's, that comes up for me a lot with my work. Oh, extremely. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'll tell you what to do all day, but me, yeah, I ain't about to do that. But I know it's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I, I feel, I feel it on my spirit before we close to just ask if there's anything else that we haven't brought into this conversation today that feels like it wants to be expressed or explored. Um, yeah, I really feel like spirit has just been leading this conversation this whole time. So Complete. There was so many different points where you were talking where my eyes were welling up. So <laughs> I know spirit has been very present. Yes. And because of that, I'm like, you know what? I feel like we've touched on so many things. Yeah. I think just from a... Taking it back to basics, I know sometimes when people are listening, they're like, wait a minute, y'all still talking about spirits and <laughs> ancestors and we didn't even go over like the basics of what it means to talk to people who are dead. Yes, yes. Um, And, I, and I'm and i saying to, to this person, like, I get that. Like, it is different. It is quote unquote weird. It is very woo-woo. It's not something that, you know, we've been taught to really uh, dig deep into, but you know, I think there's always just this part of us that we're like, there's something more. There's something else. There's something I'm not fully tapping into. I don't know what it is, but it's something. And I guarantee you it's probably something that has to do either with your ancestors or with your own spirit. Um, it's probably spiritual work. Because I feel like that is the area of work that's not talked about so much. 
particularly outside of an Abrahamic lens. Right. Um, And so I would just encourage folks to just explore whatever that could mean. If something today for ancestors pinged you, it's probably that. If it's something with the altar for your sensuality, it's probably that. If it's sex magic, it's probably that. Going back to trusting our intuition. I was just about to say, this is all, this is why the sixth sense is an important aspect of sensuality. You can't just have the five senses. Like you have to, that sixth sense rounds it all out. Yep. That's it. Trust all I can trust that. That's that's being embodied. That's being sensual. Trusting that. Trusting your knowing. So many gems, so much beauty and just profound like energy in this conversation. I thank you so much Juju for showing up and chatting with me and going through all these like weird like we meandered in some ways. Like I said, I had a whole List and questions Listen, that I was going to ask. I got the you. questions that, and we didn't talk about none of them. And I, that's fine. <laughs> this was this was the episode. This was the conversation that we needed to have, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Me every too. second of it. Me too. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Yeah. So please, before we go, tell people where they can find you. Yeah. So, like I said before, I have a podcast called A Little Juju Podcast. It's spelled out just how it sounds and it's everywhere you can stream podcasts i'm on instagram at i-t-s-j-j-u-b-a-e i'm on instagram also at a little juju podcast for the podcast page i'm on twitter i'll be talking shit on twitter (laughs) i'm not always talking about spiritual things because i'm a full embodied human so it's it's spirituality but it's also my everyday lives and why people be getting on my nerves like i said um (laughs) What else do I have? Oh, I have some classes coming up soon. I have oh, a lot of do you? Things, so, yeah, I'm going to teach in a few things. So just follow me on Instagram and the sites you'll get that. On my website, it's jujubay.com. If you want some Reiki or to reach out to me through email, you can do all that through my website. Beautiful. I, I want to give you like a live review. You have done readings for me a few times. Mm-hmm. And those readings, they were the first readings I've ever done when it came to seeking a medium talking to my ancestors, and they were some of the most profound experiences I've ever had. And so I say all of this to say, like, hire Juju. (laughs) Um, Listen to her work. Support what she's doing because when I tell you, this bitch is tapped in. Like, it's so... (laughs) And it's, it's just, it's so, it's so juicy. It's so beautiful. And we're so, like, grateful to be able to um, enjoy the work that you do so thank you for showing up for it i receive it and i'm watering i'm a water sign so I'm just <laughs> um i receive it thank you you are so welcome and thank you so much again for this beautiful conversation of course bo <laughs>
And I sort of feel out which ones feel like they want to be released when they do. And I don't know, I'm just kind of freaking out a bit in the best way possible about how divinely timed this episode is, which again speaks to the power, the sensuality, and the magic of our intuition. But anyway, I hope that you enjoyed this discussion. I know I did. Uh, I have listened to this conversation many, many times, and I always glean a new gem of wisdom. And I thank Juju for sharing herself with us. And I also thank her ancestors for bringing her to us as well. In terms of our sensual practice this week, one thing that I'm feeling into right now is remembering that when I was writing my book, Sensual Self, I had my ancestors heavy on my mind. I actually feel like they were with me throughout the entire process of me creating the content of the book. And I couldn't stop thinking about how radical it is for me to be here, to be in this body, to be able to have the time and the space and the luxury of feeling into my body and defining what pleasure means to me. So much of my book involves questions that are designed to help you connect to yourself in a deep way. And with every prompt that I wrote, with every practice that I conjured up, I kept thinking about how much of a privilege it is to do this work, to be able to sit and contemplate these themes of pleasure and sensuality And I just found myself feeling so grateful that I get to do this work, as well as really curious about how my ancestors might have answered these prompts that I was writing, how they might have approached this work of sensuality, of body mindfulness, of somatic awareness, and also like this prioritization of pleasure. Like, what did that look like for them? So with that, I wanted to offer a practice for you to explore as well, which looks like you sitting down and thinking about your ancestors, thinking about the ways they experienced pleasure or didn't, and then inviting them to explore pleasure through you. Maybe that looks like writing to them or speaking aloud to them at your ancestral altar and asking them some questions about pleasure and sexuality and agency with their body. Like what wisdom do our ancestors have for us? And what can we teach them as well? And of course, if this doesn't resonate, (laughs) if you're not feeling this vague, witchy, choose your own intuitive adventure and talk to your dead folks practice. (laughs) I understand Um, you are so welcome to take one of the others that was mentioned in this episode by Juju, like creating an altar to your sensuality. But I do hope that you'll do something, anything, to give honor and acknowledgement to the folks who came before you who are with you right now, guiding your steps, keeping you safe, 
loving you and feeling so proud of you. Even if it's something small, please thank your ancestors today. Sensual Self is created and hosted by me, Evian Whitney. It is edited and produced by Tribble. Music is by Melody Symphony from his song, Just Healing. For everything you want to know about this podcast, including previous episodes, show notes, transcripts, and resources, go to evianwhitney.com slash podcast. You can also follow the show on Instagram at sensual.self. If you have a moment, I would love it if you rated and reviewed this podcast. It helps others find the show, and as a result, it helps them uncover their sensual self. As for me, I'm on Instagram at evian.whitney, and if you want to know more about me and my work, go to evianwhitney.com. And please check out my book, Sensual Self, Prompts and Practices for Getting in Touch with Your Sensual Body. To pre-order, go to evianwhitney.com slash sensualself. Thanks so much for being here and for creating this space for yourself. I'll see you in the next one. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.